So Joe, I had a uh, friend who was in a pretty bad accident. He lost his left leg and his left arm. Oh no! Yeah, he's all right now. He's all right now. See if he was a Trump supporter in the same accident, he'd be all right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, other news to to start the uh, podcast. Did you hear about the uh, kid napping at school? No. Yeah, he woke up after math. <laughs> so you put that pause in there. And I knew you were going that way. Yes. You should have just went kidnapping. Kidnapping. Okay. Yeah. See, Jody, you hear about the kidnapping at school? Oh my God! He woke up right after math class. <laughs> <laughs> you had me worried. <laughs> hey, uh, this is Jacques. I'm Joe. And welcome to Carnival Personnel. Uh, Joe, have you had a nice week? It's been seven days since I've got to gaze across this table at you. It's been one week since you got to see <laughs> me sitting here in my basement. I had a, I had a, I had a, I had a week. <laughs> w e a k. But uh, I just got a text from you, a group text to the formal edition folks. Uh, big, big day in your life today, October twenty sixth. As we all know, October twenty sixth, nineteen eighty five, was the day that Doc Brown invented time travel. No, I'm sorry, not invented. Actually, traveled forward in time. Correct. He he did. Yes. Was uh, well, they, Edison. Well, Edison had done it yeah. first. It's actually the, the the same. They traveled. Both Marty McFly traveled back in time, and Doc Brown traveled forward in time on the same date. Correct. Right. Yeah. After uh, the right the alternate timeline change of there. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. October twenty sixth, nineteen eighty five. 1.21 a.m. and zero seconds, a temporal displacement took place. Yeah. The damn Libyans. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll never forgive Libya for what they did to Doc Brown in the alternate history. Okay, maybe I'll forgive because we're in a new... But don't forget. No, forget. never forget. Okay, thank Never you. forget. Thank you. Um, never forget 10.26. <laughs> let's also not ever forget uh, we're racists. Where I am, because I made the rundown last week. I almost wanted to call this podcast "Where Racists." <laughs> and, uh, you talked me out of it, and I went well out of my way to talk about the sad passing of uh, of William Macy last week, yep. and uh, elaborated on the passing of one uh, uh, Rip Juan Taylor. Sanchez? Oh, <laughs> Juan Sanchez. Um, but but on the same you know few days, we also lost uh, Congressman Elijah Cummings from. Maryland, yeah, and we bear. I think we we snuck it in and mentioned it, um, but honestly, he he you know. Well, I was waiting for Fox News to kind of make sure that they got it right because you know it's easy to confuse him with the other guy. Who's the other guy that looks kind of like him? John, um, same same complexion, same like same almost. I think they took a picture once as sort of a joke. This, right, right. Well, because he had confused him before on Fox News. Right. Right. Uh, I can't yeah, but, yeah, but Cummings That's was... That's how racist I am. I can't remember the other guy's name. Cummings was the gentleman, the congressman, who went toe-to-toe with, uh, with Trump last year, who was bashing Baltimore. And I don't remember if he called it a shithole, but he, he might have called it a shithole. And, and people were... And Cummings was you know quick to point out, it's like, you represent that shithole... As well, you know, it's like you don't just represent the parts of the country that you want to. All right, Mr. Chadwick Boseman, quick quiz. Which is which? I'm uh, showing a picture Cummings of... Cummings is on the right. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. showing a picture of John Lewis and Elijah Cummings <laughs> yeah. that they took together in the same room. Uh, if you zoomed really in, you could see the name. You know? <laughs> but, but yeah, it's... Uh, you know, he, he was. He was 
a, a great you know leader for his constituents, really stood up to Trump. So I applaud that anyways, but didn't back down. But just all the stories, uh, Obama gave a great speech at his at his uh, I don't know if it was the wake or the action I think it was the, the actual funeral, funeral yeah. and stuff like that. And Hillary Clinton was there or Bill Clinton. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think, I think uh, Donald Trump was not there. Not not there. No, not present. But uh but he um <laughs> in uh, Mitch McConnell, was that where Mitch McConnell got got snubbed? Like he, there was there was a gentleman, uh, a black gentleman, going down, and Mitch McConnell was like in the front, like standing. You know, st- everybody was standing up so he could get by, and he made he shook everybody's hands. He took sh- you know Chuck Schumer's hand, and McConnell goes to put his hand, and he just walked past him. Mm. The look the Chuck Schumer gives him—it's all over Twitter. Oh, I'll send it, it to you. It's like. Get used to that because your days are coming. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so we were remiss mentioning the passing of Congressman Elijah Cummings, and it can only be chalked up to I'm really racist. Uh, moving on, Joe, you you left the house this week. You went to a movie. You went to one of those talking picture shows. Yeah. <clears throat> I snuck out on my own, the incel that I am. I went to go see Joker. In the theater. And actually, I wasn't alone. There were other people there. Uh, surprisingly, uh, groups of people who were you know, friends with each other that weren't loner, loser, white, cis male. Are white, middle-aged white men allowed to buy one ticket to Joker? <laughs> I uh, snuck in. I, I, I said I was, uh, I, said I, was uh, uh, I think, uh, uh, Iranian. And they, they bought it. But um, it was funny because we, I went at a time where you know, it wasn't... A, you know, busy time of day, and apparently you, if you do that, you run the risk of maybe having to wait 20, 25 minutes from the start of the movie. So, I mean, luckily I had nothing else to do, but, um, yeah, there, at, at the same time I went out to go tell the guy, hey, you know, I know I'm just a, I'm just a white man, I don't, you know, I don't deserve anything uh, based on that, but could you start the movie? Yeah. And they they're already sent somebody to start the movie. Where, where's my damn privilege? Yeah, exactly. So I'm here. Far. Start shit. Right. <laughs> you know? oh, or I the, will. I'm straight, by the way, too. I got that. Um, so it Why did you choose to be straight? <laughs> uh, I liked the movie um, very much so. I There were parts of it where I was like, okay, eh. But there are other parts that I forgave. Um, and Joaquin Phoenix and... Between him and Heath Ledger, it's, a, like you say, one and one A. Uh, two different types of performances, both very good. Shockingly, um, I've not seen it yet. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, you have a life. and <laughs> is, there, is that what it's called? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, a wife and children. Uh, obligations, I'm sure. Uh, Resident Evil. I don't think you've beaten five yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get to that in the in the in the, in the, the game. Rundown, but it, yeah, so I'll enjoy it. It won't be a waste of my eleven dollars. No, it's um, kid friendly. Am I bringing the boys? <laughs> n- probably not. But you will. You will, okay? Let me just say this. You'll go out there probably singing a song that has since been canceled, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. I'm looking forward to it even more now. Yes. I'm, I'm jealous that you got to see a DC, not just a DC movie, you know, somebody from like, you know, the Batman tree before I have. God bless you. I had to make up for not seeing Endgame, I think the first two or three weekends. 
<laughs> I, yeah, it took me a while. Oh, and by the way, speaking of movies and um, being the first to see it, you have already reserved your yes. seats for a certain Star Wars episode nine that's coming out December twentieth. I did, and I had as soon as because I'm watching. I'm, you know, I <laughs> went outside so I wouldn't see. You know the trailer. They played it at, at Monday, time. Monday Night Football. Yeah, halftime. And a friend of mine, Kylan, who you know works for a company called Adam Tickets. Um, I think that's where I usually get my tickets from. So you know, text me before the trailer's over because I guess it went live as soon as it aired. Because you get your tickets yet? And I got four, and I text my friend Mike Sullivan, oh, <laughs> Sully, and this other guy Mike, who lived. The three of us grew up, you know, next to each other. And I told my wife, it's like, yeah. You know, I told them get tickets right away. You know, so we can all go see it together because we saw Star Wars and New Hope together in 1977. That's sweet. And she's like, she she goes, I forget how soft you are. Like, I really forget how like sentimental and shit you are. So I hit her. No, (laughs) no, and and so here's the other thing. When I saw Endgame, I didn't bring, you know, the Soul Crushers with me you know uh management and i went together to one of those late like midnight shows they've seen midnight shows before this was probably the biggest movie i was going to see in the theater in my life you know Endgame. i didn't want them to ruin it for me i didn't want them asking questions or having thoughts and opinions that they needed to share or punching each other during it, or punching you know and I'm I'm a very considerate person. I you know, I don't want them ruining the movie for the people sitting next to me who've also been waiting. You know, uh, uh, Infinity, the Infinity Gauntlet, you know, six miniseries came out in Marvel. I think in like '96. So truly, this is something that people have been waiting 25 years to see. But but the climax of the 10 year Marvel Cinematic Universe, starting with Iron Man to this. I mean, it was an 11 year window from. Iron Man, 22 movies later, you know, Endgame. And I didn't want to ruin for anybody else. And there's, and I don't remember doing that before, specifically saying. And so I did. I got four tickets, invited the other two people with me. I also reached out to you almost instantly. And I'm like, get tickets. This is the showing I'm going to. Um, and you said, I don't like you that much. <laughs> uh, but I did. I have four. And, and a really big part of me is like, it's going to be all weekend. It's Christmas break. You know, if they don't see it at ten thirty, opening weekend, because it comes out like midnight on Thursday, we're going. You know, Friday, the Friday ten thirty show, um, and I am I'm on the fence of 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 bringing them. It's like, and, and same with you. You know, it's like if it was you and your oldest who wanted to come, I'm like, yeah, I I think I could swap that out. I think I could, <laughs> and, and tell them it's like, yeah, you know, don't worry, we're gonna go. Got a feeling I'm going to see more than once in the right. theater, you know. But it might not be there when you try to go again. That that is true. So, and this it, is a limit. You know, Disney with their Disney Vault. Oh, they're going to pull that off. You know, I mean, by by that. This will be Monday. on Disney Plus <laughs> at like a premium of a hundred dollars of viewing. Um, but seriously, that's the start of like winter break for them. So I can see it. One o'clock on Monday with them, you know, when the theater isn't packed because, you know, most grown-ups are working and stuff like that. So, yes, but I did. I got my tickets for, yes, Disney is going to continue making Star Wars movies and spinoffs, but this is the final 
chapter nine Skywalker. in the nine chapter series. Yeah, yeah. The, the final of the Skywalker saga. So, so I am. Uh, well, now as this post, we are just a couple days away from Halloween. What are the big Joe Halloween plans? Um, I think I'm raking the leaves, and uh, that's it. Or. Nope, that's it. I was just <laughs> that's okay. Say, my uh, my young my uh, my younger son is going out as Bob Ross this year. Oh, that's great! Yeah, the Afro is on its way. It's in the mail. Fantastic. Should be here by Tuesday. We'll see if it fits. He's already got the palette, and he's got a paintbrush, and he's got the denim shirt. So he's gonna wear a Bob Ross shirt under the denim shirt now. When he knocks on the door, he can't yell trick or treat. I mean, the whole Bob Ross thing is he's gonna have to be like. I'm going to paint some some happy little trees here. Do you have any candy? All right. <laughs> Trick or treat. I'm going to beat the devil out of it. <laughs> so uh, is he going with a big group? Are you just sending him solo up and down this, the hard, cold streets of Arlington? I hope he goes with friends. He does have them. So, uh, yeah, he'll probably go with friends. And we, and we talk about this every year, how different life just was. You know, for us, it was like, Okay, go knock on strangers' doors, streets away. Don't worry, you're with a couple other seven-year-olds. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, safety in numbers. You know? Bye. Um, yeah, just, just different. Us, you know, we I don't know what we're doing. This is the first year that we've been back where we're not going down to my brother's house because his two of his three kids, my, my, it's always been a big thing in my brother's neighborhood, but most of the kids are older and, and have different plans. Plus, they don't really want to drive 45 minutes away on like a school night and get back at like 10. So well, that's the other thing is my, my son's school is closed tomorrow. I mean, the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, is it? The day after Halloween. That's smart. Yeah, they have a. Is that what he told you or did you actually? I get? learned that from the news. Yeah, it's a teacher day. So I think they just didn't want to deal with the, the hangover kids. From a Thursday night uh, Halloween junk fest, so no, that is incredibly. I, I mean, I would swap out forward thinking, you know, that over because our 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 my little one, he goes to school. It's like every other Wednesday is one of those, you know, half days for like teacher, whatever, you know, type thing. It's like yeah, collect, you know, save up two of those. Anyways, uh, tonight we are going to a haunted house. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, what? So he's Bob Ross, my little guy's <laughs> the a little a little guy who you know is going through a big you know Spider Man thing. He also, you know, because Halloween is every day for us. So when he changes costumes, we're like, all right, we'll get that one too. That was just thrown in the rotation <laughs> when we went to Disney this summer. Uh, I've talked about it great lengths. He got a very expensive, full on. It's like from the wardrobe department of Star Wars, you know, Jedi outfit. It's, it's a car payment. And I, shockingly, I wasn't the one pushing for it because I'm like, yeah, he'll wear it once or twice. You know, if he wears it 275 times, it's worth it because it was only, let's say, a dollar a wear. <laughs> Where, you know, right now, the per use cost has been about $275. Um, the other, the so he has a Spider-Man outfit, but a really nice one based on the, the current incarnation from Homecoming, or Far From Home. I mm -hmm. uh, was hoping he could go as, like, Night Monkey. <laughs> you know, that, that would have right. been a good one. <laughs> um, and so the other costume, 
Uh, it's a movie I don't believe you've seen. It's a movie I know I haven't nor will ever see. But there's a character from it named Georgie, a little boy in a yellow raincoat with a red balloon. Um, I've saw it. I've seen it. Oh, you did see it. Yep. Okay, so they got a you know management got him a Georgie outfit. We all float down here. Now he she she's thrown out the idea and I guess Georgie has an arm ripped or bitten off or something like that to mm-hmm. tear one of the raincoat yellow raincoat's arm off to make it more authentic. Right. And that way he can also pretend to be the drummer from Def Leppard. So, so that's uh that's our hollow our Halloween um you know plans and uh sounds like fun. So yeah, so moving on to uh, I've had a couple people um I, I don't I don't know if he would like to be but I'll officially tell All-Star Tommy, yes, he can be the third co-host if he wants because he sent me a bunch of great stories like this week. Um, somebody else had later in the week you know, sent me it. But the bear that mauled its, its trainer at a circus in front of like families. like, And I, some comedian was uh, I saw on Twitter, it was quoting a Chris Rockleby, like, you know, the bear didn't snap. The bear didn't go crazy. The bear went bear. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It also reminds me of the recurring Colbert Report topic. So when Stephen Colbert had his old Comedy Central show, it's like, and finally tonight, bears. <laughs> <laughs> and like every, it would be, just be one bear story after the other. But yeah, bears were like one of like, if there was a public enemy list, that uh, Colbert had on that show, bears would be number oh, one. Be number one. So... Uh, yeah, you know, and I think people send me those stories because they know I'm, I'm definitely not a big, I'm not a supporter, big or small of the group PETA, but I am pro, uh, pro animal rights and I'm, um, vegetarian and I'm definitely against any animals and like captivity and stuff like that. Like little guy, you know, we picked him up the other day and there was two field trip things and he went to Plymouth plantation and one to the aquarium and, go, and he's saying, we don't need this one. He throws it in the trash. And she's like, well, well, no, you take both of them. And I said, no, he's, we don't do anything with like captive animals and stuff like that. Sue's aquariums, you know, I'd go on a whale watch. Uh, but, but so when I see a bear attack somebody like that, I'm a bad person. I'm like, yeah, good. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the bear just had enough of uh, not being bear. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, you're probably also a big fan of the running of the bulls, anything like that. When you see, the running of the bulls is bad, but if you know anything about Matadors, uh, Matador Record, great record company from the the 90s, which is on Buffalo Tom, but, but most people don't know, bulls are stabbed before being brought out to the ring, and they bleed out, so they're slower, they're weaker, and all this stuff. So when you see... Matadors get get gored. Yes, I am. I'm like good. When you see a bull jump into the stands and stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, good. I'm 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 good with that. Um, you know, I'm I I don't think um any less of myself for being okay with that. The other one this week, and and this is this is a little different. Did you hear? And this went all around, and a bunch of people sent me this one. A hunter shot a deer, and then went to basically collect his winnings and a la Tommy boy, the dead deer wasn't dead. It's alive. <laughs> and that's exact. And like ended up goring 
and and you know he, he was he was I think it was his son or grandson he was hunting with. They called his wife. Medical attention's on the way, but he like bled out beforehand. Like the the dare played possum. Now it's a little different. Like I do have respect for hunters on a certain level. Um, if you know, it's one thing, you know, if you're a piece of shit shooting a rhino or an elephant or a giraffe, just so you could take an Abu Ghraib style photo, give right. it a thumbs up next to the carcass. You know, fuck you. Yeah. Like, like there's a special place in hell for you. But hunters who, or same thing with fisher, you know, fishing. And like I said, last summer the boys fished with my friend John and Austin, and it was like a conservation thing. It's actually the fish are populated here; they need to bring them here, and the boys fished. I'd also be fine, like you know, our friend Biff fishes, and I've told the boys, if you ever want to go, if Biff is willing to take you, because he knows you, <laughs> you know, um, if you're willing to catch it, gut it, cook it, I. I'm 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 really okay with that. My vegetarianism is a personal choice. I've told them up until they're able to make this decision and pay for it. Like I'm not going to buy you a burger if you decide. At, even the oldest at twelve now, it's like yeah, you know I want to I want to give it a whirl. Great, talk to your mom, but I I will not be stopping to get you you know meat products. But if you wanted to do that, so with hunters, again, if if you're making a chinchilla coat. You know, a, a krill, de real, like, you know, freak of nature. <laughs> Fuck you. But if a hunter is shooting deer, I mean, and you're going to eat the meat, you're going to hunt, hang the handlers, I, I am okay with that. I mean, I'll always think it's like, it's only a sport when they both have guns. But I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't think you're a bad person because you hunt. Uh, it's not the same. Uh, I, and, and like I said, as long as you aren't, people understand like meat doesn't come from Ralph's, <laughs> that there's a whole process involved and that this deer lived a full life in its own element and stuff like that. Um, you know, but at the same time, I'm not crying because the deer went deer on the hunter who thought it was dead. So, so those are my two stories that, like I said, all-star Tommy had sent us. He sent me two stories. We'll get to the other one later. I don't know if those made the rounds to your Twitter feeds. It did not. You know, that thing in the backseat of our car, it's not an air freshener. <laughs> dead rotting deer carcass. So are you keeping up with the antics of uh, one Sam Mayday Malone these days? <laughs> I have, I'm only on season eight. I've kind of, I, I'm, I'm, Getting a slow IV drip, but I did see that he was arrested. Yeah, you know that Sam Mayday Malone was an environmental activist, so. Yeah, it's funny, him and, well, I knew that Jane Fonda was arrested last week for the same thing she was arrested for. Yep. This week. Yeah, well, she, well, they went together. Yeah. They, and, and the and the photo of, of you know, Ted dancing, getting arrested, he's. He's all good with it, yeah. you know. He's smiling. Yeah, because he knows it's it's a misdemeanor and it's all for show and it's to, more to make a statement than anything. It's not going to really ruin his life. No, he, he's not going to go spiraling out of control. But it's, I mean, it, it keeps a fo- it keeps attention. I mean, and this this from the time I got out of the car to come down to your basement, I checked Twitter to see what has he fucking done. Yeah. <laughs> like in those four minutes. So it's hard to keep the eyes on a prize. So it's nice because, you know, um, I now follow that that girl Greta on Twitter and it's amazing. The fo- I otherwise wouldn't know about some protests. She's in Vancouver this week. The size of the protest there. And then she was posting things from like Chile had a protest and stuff. So it's good that we're not – that there's somebody out there reminding us, you know, there's other – awful things that need attention other than 
the orange one. Right, exactly. So so I thought that was great. Good. Uh, so we talked a little bit about movies. Maybe we should have done it at the same time. Yeah. So so uh, have you been following the, the, the angry, old, get-off-my-lawn, MCU movies aren't as good as Godfather stuff? I heard that Francis Ford Coppola has some things to say about uh, comic book movies not being as artful or cinematic as what he was doing. Although somebody also, and then same with Martin Scorsese. And then I heard somebody make a point about Martin Scorsese. Like, yes, Martin, uh, movies aren't the way, you know, all these comic book movies nowadays, they all look alike. They're all the same. But uh, tell us more about your latest mob film with Robert De Niro. (laughs) (laughs) You know. I was going to do it, but it won't do it justice. Please do. How, how would how would Groucho talk about the films? In my day, we used to have uh, things called cinema. Now, cinema was, it's a, I believe, a French word for movies. We used to call them motion pictures, only because they were pictures that if they were shown in rapid sequence of each other would look like they were in motion. And henceforth, we would call them motion pictures. I used to do many motion pictures in my day. Uh, we were part of a, a group of comedians called the, uh, the Marx Brothers. It was me and my brothers, uh, Harpo and uh, Chico and Seppo and, uh, and myself, Groucho. And we would do these what we call movies or motion pictures on account of there were pictures that were, if you shown them in rapid succession of each other, would be looking as if they were in motion. Uh, henceforth, the motion pictures. Now, these movies nowadays, or what we used to call motion pictures on account of they were pictures, you see, that if you shown them in rapid succession of each other, <laughs> now, 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 Groucho, you you stopped doing movies for several years, and then you started up again. Why? Why did you? Why did you come out of retirement to continue doing movies? Because Gilbert Gottfried needed the money. <laughs> I'm doing a Groucho impersonation. I'm an impersonation of Gilbert Gottfried doing old Groucho. And, uh, and pretty my, accurately, my homage. To so, me. so do you have thoughts on that? I mean, for me, one one of the first thoughts I had is like how how uh, my my grandfather's generation thought that Frank Sinatra was going to be the end of all music, and that you know how much Frank Sinatra hated Elvis, and how threatened Elvis was by the Beatles, you know, and you, you just go on. Is it in how much I hated the New Kids and stuff like that? Is it is this the same thing? Yeah, I mean, do you, I mean, no. well, I, I get I get Scorsese's and Coppola's, I guess, point in that the movies that get made nowadays are either humongous blockbuster pictures or you know indie films, and these sort of middle-y kind of movies. He has to go to Netflix for you know he has they have to go to these streaming services. Right, it, but it's it, like luckily those streaming services now exist because that's been the way it's been for a good twenty plus years. You truly have the five million dollar under range or the hundred million dollar over range, so the, the twenty five million dollar. And you, yeah, there, there's a the, you know every now and then you'll find a one that does well at Toronto Film Festival that makes it into it, but the big cineplex is right around here. 
there's 12 screens and they know eight months in advance what they're going to have in it. So they know already, like I said, we've already joked about it. Star Wars comes out in two months from now. And I had to like look to see which of the opening weekends I could fit into and, and get, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the tickets and all that stuff. So it's just the way it is. And granted, yeah, I mean, the Godfather's the Godfather, and Godfather Two is amazing. And you know, he would have done himself. His argument wouldn't stand up as much that his films were better or more substantial if they had like done a Godfather Three. But luckily for them, they never did. So he has such solid footing to stand on. And and yes, look, I get it. But you know what what the batman trilogy did the the, the nolan trilogy did and and the great storytelling you know and, and that that wasn't based on a storyline from the comics and, and and you know a lot of the marvel cinema and the other stuff has been in in the justice league movie uh batman vs superman was based on three different graphic novels merged into one right i mean it's it's for a different audience. It's a different thing. But even like let's think about this. Back in the you know the heyday of Scorsese's filmmaking, we also had Airport seventy five, right? Airport seventy six, Airport seventy seven. We had Earthquake, Irwin Ir- Allen movies. You know we had these big blockbuster movies. Star Wars, burning into you Star know, Wars. Right. Nineteen, I mean seventy seven. Star Wars came out. You know same year as what well, Taxi Driver came out seventy six, and then you had Star Wars seventy seven. You know, so is Star Wars not cinema? Is because it's the same ilk as these, you know, Marvel has, yes, they have the money. They have that cachet to make all these movies. And there's also this this large universe of characters that are already pre-established. So, right, it, it's not again, an original storyline. Uh, well, okay, well, thank you. The Godfather was from a book. Right. A lot yeah, of the, movies are based it, on books. Well, right, right. But, they, but uh, honestly... Uh, is is that much of a difference, you know, than, than the great graphic I'm, novels? I'm going to say this: uh, if if the um, if the cinematic if the Marvel Cinematic Universe isn't cinema, then the Godfather, the video game, is not a video game. There you go. Thank you. Which I own. <laughs> so you know, take that, Coppola. So I get. I look. I get. But you know, I didn't even know he had. I didn't even know he had another mobster movie with De Niro coming out. You oh, know? it's called The Irishman. It's actually going to be coming out in some theaters, but mostly on Netflix. And it looks, yeah, it's uh, Pesci, it's De Niro, it's Keitel, I think, and uh, Pacino, and a, a bunch of other people. So, so he's really helping young talent yes. out there get a foothold. There's a couple and, of youngins, but for the most part, uh, yeah, it's the it's the band getting the back uh, band getting back together again. So enough about old man screaming, get off my lawn. Let's talk about <laughs> this week in Awful, where I can scream like an old man to uh, get off my lawn. You're yelling at clouds. I really am. Uh, Joe, I think I'm going to have to say it. I'm with them. I-, I support building that wall in Colorado. <laughs> and I don't know if you followed that, but at one in, in one of his stops in Colorado, he talked about building a wall in Colorado. Oh, Okay, and the sad thing is, it barely got any play this week because of all. Truly, <laughs> I mean, the 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 least stupid, offensive. 
I mean, it's not illegal to be that dumb, but he was talking about the wall that they're building on, on the border between Mexico and Colorado. And it's, you know, the whole, it's a great wall. It's this, it's that, it's the other. And of course, all the lemmings cheering him on, just mm-hmm. thinking it's the greatest thing. So, well, I, I, I think they're getting paid, aren't they, to cheer him on? I, 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 no, they're not getting paid. Uh, but seriously, just just scream Trump and cheer. Paid a goddamn person ever. No, that's that. You know that. Anyway, is, that that is true. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's but, great, great. But you know, great. we were talking about protest earlier, and you know, Jane Fonda and Sam Mayday Malone and stuff. Other people are standing up for what's right and what they believe in. And, and the GOP this week, I don't know if you followed, they stormed the gates of justice. <laughs> Just like the uh, the, the proud uh, men and women that uh, stormed the beaches of Normandy. Say, say, I, I don't see a difference. No. I, I do not see a difference. Um, they were all white. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Here, here's what's awesome about that. They... Yeah, again, I think this is the second Chris Rock uh, reference that this podcast was it. He he had the character, the wrong but loud guy. Was that was that a Saturday Night Live skit he had? No, I think that's it was on the Chris Rock show, and Tracy Morgan was a guest, and he was just coming up. And Chris Rock said to Tracy, "You need a, a recurring character that will stand out." Now I'm going to invent one for you right now. You're the loud but wrong guy. Where, okay, your first argument is ketchup and mustard is the same thing. <laughs> and that's, honestly, that's less absurd. So, you know, this is whole the impeachment hearing things. Mm. The, and as, you, as we talked a bit, I think, like last week, it was mocked mercilessly. And it wasn't a tweet. It wasn't one of his rambling things in front of a helicopter where he pretends he can't hear the question. Uh, White House lawyers like sent out a letter forbidding anybody in the administration to show up at these hearings. But the wording of it and it it truly lacked any any even you know federal judge says yeah this are you sure. This is a legal argument you want to go with because you will never get hired by a firm after you leave this administration ever again for putting your name on this. Uh, and so, you know, other people are coming forward. People have been forbade to showing up. But they, the, the GOP uh, stormed the proceedings saying that, you know, when you can't protest, when you can't uh, stand on merit – you stand on the process. You, so you can't, they can't argue, he didn't say these things, he didn't do these things, these things aren't illegal, these things aren't constitutional, but the way you're having the hearing. These are the standard closed-door impeachment inquiry hearings that go on, that's part of the, part and parcel, there will be open door, open floor hearings right. in due time, but right now they're in the preliminary stages. And by the way, he sto- the the GOP stormed in on other GOP members like they were GOP members who were invited who were told to not go you know it, and it, then, but in today's were, today's yeah. civics class mm-hmm. um, whoever is in charge of the house who's ever in charge of the senate there's different committees and they're preordained this is an 11 person committee there's six from the side that has a house and there's five from who the, the minority party and stuff like that. It's it's always the way it is. But yes, not everybody can be in these minis. You can't have a, a closed door hearing 
with 435, you know, Congress people and stuff like that. Well, it's also it was a it was an obvious circus shit show to throw a wrench in the works and to disrupt the and to make it to grandstand in front of the public. And, and so that their supporters say, oh, oh, to dirty up the water. It's like, thank God that they're standing up for justice. And fine. I mean, when you see something on Fox News, when you see those rare fuck ups where Fox News books somebody who's going to say something that makes sense. I mean, they got that. They got that troublemaker, um, sh- sh- you know, Shepard Smith out of the way. Yeah. But they had, you know, a former, you know, GOP, you know, or a current GOP congressperson on who said, um, these are the rules that were signed in by uh, um, Boehner. Yeah, John Boehner. That we used during the Benghazi hearings, that we used during the email things. This is the exact same rules that the Republicans voted on, that the Republicans signed into law, that the Republicans used for our hearings for Benghazi and the emails. There's nothing different at all except for the fact that the Democrats are playing by the rules that we signed into law. And it was great because the Fox people were like, uh, we got to go to commercial. <laughs> you, you know, uh, We have no commercials. <laughs> All the sponsors have bailed. <laughs> they, but that's the thing. It's in it. It's nothing but grandstanding and it's nothing. So people like my parents will say, the, you know, who the they, Democrats are hiding shit from us. Right. Right. Exactly. So, and, 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 and you know, when you have people like Lindsey Graham saying, I'm going to out the whistleblower, it's like, yeah, let's not start. Outing people, Lindsay. Like, you right, know. Yeah, you saying outing people is a little suspicious. So that's the thing. It's like when you're going to out a whistleblower, you just exemplify, yes, why some hearings. You know, grand jury, and, and when, when, you know, when Trump was saying that he doesn't even get to defend himself, you know, at a grand jury hearing, Nobody defends himself. You have to have a hearing in order to get the warrant to kick down the drug dealer's door. You can't just say, you know, you have to compile your evidence, you have to make your case, and then you have to find out if there's enough material and if it's credible, if it's legit, to move forward with it. By trying to st- so I by arguing on process because they've run out, they're out of ammo. They can no longer say he didn't say quit no quid pro or he did it this or that. It's like Everybody along the lines have already said, yep, that's exactly how it happened. Um, so anyways, enough about that. But let's like the GOP at the at the uh, closed door he- hearing, I want to storm through the rest okay. of this weekend off. So so Barr, you know, again, we've been saying it for ever since he's been sworn in. I mean, he got the job because he went on Fox News and said that a president can't be indicted during the Mueller investigation. He, and he was very adamant, even if Mueller come back with, you know, all Remember the Remember Bob Mueller? Remember how he, <laughs> but, he was going to... He was like Mighty Mouse. Gonna, here well, he comes to save the day. Yeah, not no. so much. Well, the thing is, he did. He did his job. The problem is Barr did his job. Um, and, and by his job being the president's... I can't say the word. Getting back to the Godfather consigliere, like yeah. he 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 got the job at the head of Department of Justice, at, you know, because or you know, as AG, yep. because he said, no matter what the findings come back, you can't do anything. Everything that Trump wanted Session to say, Barr did, and then Barr did. But now it's just you know, Barr 
going bar. The, the, the whole, and we talked about before the podcast, when did the dark web become the web? Yeah. You know, uh, all these crazy- Yellow cons- journalism became journalism. All, all the crazy conspiracy theories that the investigation itself was a hoax. Now, even though, again, 17 branches of intelligence says, yes, Russia interfered. Even though the Senate voted 98 to 2 to sanction Russian for interfering, here it is three years later, Barr is now investigating the investigation. They're not saying they didn't find all this evidence. They're not saying that there wasn't collusion, that there wasn't obstruction, that there wasn't. Now, they're, this week, you know, Barr went over to Italy to, you know, and, and met with their you know, prime minister. I don't know if it's prime minister or president, uh, forgive the ignorance, but that president and prime minister had to then go in front of his Senate and say, uh, our intelligence was great. What did you tell this buffoon? Barr is flying around the world investigating Comey, investigating Gates, investigating the Steele dossier and the origins of it, even though all this stuff has bared out and, and you know, like with, with, with your seventh grader doing math, you can't just answer the problem. You have to show your work. It's already been done to a nauseam, but they have literally um, given credence to the conspiracy theories that it was all a hoax. And Barr is actively invest- have there's a criminal investigation into the investigation now. That, that's, that has happened. There is truly, no matter what you want to say, no matter how dug in, you cannot say that the Department of Justice is an independent body. At all, cool. You know, so, so, so yeah. So you know, uh, let's see. Um, you know, uh, that's the other great thing. The 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 House again is pushing and pushing and pushing, but the Senate will not take up a vote to put in any of the laws that the House has come up with to protect the election. They they are stonewall. They do not want to protect you openly. Absolutely openly. They're like, no, we're not going. And we've seen all the things. We know how awful it's going to be. Uh, but at least uh, everybody's uh, favorite, uh, new po- uh, Putin's new pet, uh, Telsey, is going back Putin on. Putin pets. Putin pets. <laughs> Everybody loves their Putin pets. You know, Putin pets. So Telsey Gabbard, she just. Uh, she just is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, Telsey Gabbard. Um, I am afraid of her. I am afraid of her. Be. I'm afraid of her presence. I'm afraid that she's getting more vocal and more prominent in these um, in these pre-election times. She, the, the, this this obsession with Hillary Clinton and this sort of like is Hillary, bringing, is Hillary running. I didn't. I didn't catch you. Well, here's the thing: is that she's not she's not running, but she didn't say she's not like it's. It doesn't help that Hillary Clinton is. A little ambiguous about whether or not she's going to be. Are you blaming me the victim? <laughs> no. The, the, well, I mean, what I'm really afraid of is that Tulsi Gabbard is going to do what Hillary Clinton has warned warned us about: is that she will break off from the Democratic Party eventually because she's already announced that she's not running. Uh, Gabbard is not seeking re-election for her current position as a representative in Hawaii. She's focusing solely on the presidential campaign. Now, she is not exactly. Elizabeth Warren. She's not Joe Biden. She's not anywhere in the top five right now, as far as being the, uh, named the, na- the nominee for the Democratic Party. What does that leave her? Well, is she going to pull a Jill Stein? 
Is she yes. going to, you know what I mean? And, oh, and, and, she, and she's well-funded. I mean, and, right. And she's going to get, and she's going to muddy the waters. And that's going to be the wrench in the works, the disruption of the democratic process. And I know people, they piss and moan about this sort of, you know, bi- binary system that we have, this two-party system that, you know, it's either got to be Democrat or Republican, and you are throwing your vote away if you vote for a third party. But unfortunately, the way things are set up now, it's never been more... It's never been more important to stick or stand with one party over the other because you right. you, you need that you need that those numbers in those, order to oust the, the the current administration. The current administration is in the office because of seventy thousand votes between three different states. Yeah. So less than twenty five thousand vote per these three states. Right. The system is rigged for those two parties for the two party system. That that is less than zero point. Zero one percent of the the vote last year. Look, Ross Perot, right? I, I, yeah, you know. Can, uh, can, can, can I get a word in? Can yeah. I get a word in? Can, can, I, finish? Word in? can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? And his VP out of ammo. Um, mm-hmm. but there's nothing, and we said it last week, and every comedian on the late night shows. There's nothing that says, um, you know, Putin's pet more than. Going on Fox News. I mean, that's the one thing that she has that Elizabeth Warren doesn't. Right. But Joe Biden doesn't. The support of Fox News. And, uh, you know, we there was some criticism of Elizabeth Warren earlier in her campaign that she said she will clearly, flat out, will not go on Fox News because she won't support an administration. Right. Or she won't support a network that is basically state a, prop- run a state-run media. It's propaganda for the Republican Party. Um, some people were criticizing her, saying, well, you know, you got to— you know, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit because you're not reaching that audience. You're 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 basically flat out out of the gate, um, supposedly stonewalling that audience, the people who only watch Fox News. And now you have Tulsi Gabbard, who's you know going on Tucker Carlson. You know, basically a, a, another kind of quasi Nazi, a quasi, a quatsy. He's a quatsy. He's a quatsy. Um, Copyright carnival person. <laughs> So, but Tulsi Gabbard's the other side of the coin. Like, she will go on Fox News. And what does that say about it? We already know that she's kind of a, a, a dino, you know? Ship? That's what I would say about her. Right. Or was uh, that rhetorical? I was saying a Democrat name only, but, you know. Um, I, Same thing. Yeah. Isn't that I mean, what I said? <laughs> she's, uh, yeah, she, she's going to be, uh, she's going to be troubled, that one. And uh, I don't know if there's anything that can be done about it if she does because there's a lot of like centrist kind of people who are like, yeah, they like Tulsi Gabbard. A, like the male centrist kind of, you know, middle of the road people who aren't very political like Tulsi Gabbard because she's military, she's attractive, she, she speaks, hates, she hates Hillary. Yeah, she hates Hillary. She thinks, you know, she she's spouting these. She's kind of giving credence to some of these weird conspiracy theories about the Democratic Party being rigged and all of this stuff, and. uh and she's going to be the one to sort of like, she's going to be bringing, bringing the truth out in the Democratic Party. You know what I mean? Like she's like right. she's going to expose the lies that the that the that the Clintons have been imposing on this party for decades. Are you more worried about her? And this is a legitimate question. Are you more worried about her, or a Bernie Sanders who isn't the nominee? Because again, he's he's now getting people like AOC. Stumping for him, and really, which is great. Right, I, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I'm anti-Bernie. I'm, I'm my my favorite candidate. The one that I'm a thousand percent behind is the one that wins the primary. I'd like it to be Elizabeth Warren, even if it's Tulsi Gabbard. 
If it's Tulsi if Gabbard, it's Tulsi Gabbard, sure, I, yeah, I would. I yeah, mean, you, I'd you have gotta. to. You know, it's kind of like what Donald Trump was like. You got to vote for me. I'm the only one. Like you know, it's like even if you hate me, it's, you got to vote for and, me. And so, but where Bernie, you know, ha, you know, and he was asked point blank, "Will you stump for? Will you throw your support behind whoever's the nominee? If it's not you, it's going to be me." It's like I understand. It's yes. got a thousand percent. It's going to be you. But if it's not you. Because you have another heart attack, you know, because you're going in an office at 80. But is that sort of, that's a loaded question. It's like, wouldn't you presume, I guess, small, because what happened him in 2016, maybe you're thinking that he's not going to throw his support behind The Bernie someone. bros did not get behind Hillary. Uh-huh. You know, so again, that, that rage within margin. So I guess it all depends on who the nominee is. Like, if the nominee is a white man, like, like Biden, maybe they will go for Biden. Maybe. You know, if it's Warren, maybe they will But won't. if he tells his people, like, look... We're on the same, like, especially with Warden, we're their friends, and they're on the same page about so many things. Maybe, anyway. But- I guess it all depends on how it shakes out. Like, if it, the, we know what came about with the the DNC and how they aced out Bernie and how it was, you know, it was, it was kind of money. It you know, was. and that may not be the. Hopefully, that won't be the case in 2020. But who knows? We've we've exhausted this point. I think to the so the last awful thing, and I hope you haven't seen it. Did you see this hashtag? Stand with Ryan on Twitter. The the I, and forgive me again. Rex for not, Ryan is in the news again for not not knowing the spec. Is is Down syndrome still the right term? I don't Downs or I, I don't, I don't know. Downs, know. I don't think I don't know. And, oh, developmentally challenged, yeah. or whatever you know, uh, and you know somebody with incredible strength. And there's this twelve year old boy, and I. This is what I don't get. This poor kid is the big thing going around. Uh, there was two different video clips, and it's the same kid getting the shit beat out of him by groups of other kids in a school for literally, you know, being Forrest Gump. Just recently, flipping the channels, Forrest Gump came on. One of my boys were with me, and it's a run, Forrest run scene where he's talking to Jenny, and all of a sudden he gets hit in the side of the head with a rock. And these three kids chase him with a bike, you know, to beat him up. Just because he has a physical impairment, you know what I mean? It's like, and I, I'm, I'm like thinking we haven't changed at all because you see these awful clips. So it's this poor kid. He's you know in the bathroom. He's twelve. The big kid. He's big, but a kid who's a good foot taller than him is just wailing on him, and his friend is videotaping it. It's like, and I don't know who the bigger piece of shit is. And then there's another clip where he's outside. I don't know if it's recess. I don't know where adult supervision isn't. Why, you know, he's left alone. But there's three or four kids and one girl who, like, looks like, you know, my knees, like, around the same age. Like, running up from different directions, viciously wailing on this kid. And again, somebody videotaped it. Who it's out there. And there's all these people asking for support, you know, tens and tens of thousands of people, celebrities, you know, the, the you know, supporting the hashtag and stuff like that. And, I, you know, the thought that keeps going through my head, that kid's going to be all right. Like, that kid probably is going to be fine. I'm worried about him. I'm more worried about the kids who are doing this awful stuff because there's something seriously fucking wrong with them, their home life. Um, And again, I don't know what's worse, being the kid who's beating him up, beating up a kid with these special... He's also deaf in one ear and partially deaf in the other. Mm. I mean... All these things, and I can't. I, when I saw it, it's like I, I was literally talking to my nine year old about it, and I was almost because he's asking why they're doing it, and it's like there's no answer. And truly, I don't, I don't know if you can help 
people like these people doing this. What, what you have to be so fucked up that that it's like. And again, you know, I'm looking at this girl who's hitting him. It's like, what happened to her? Like, what's going on in her house where she's that angry at things that she has to beat up? These are kids. These are kids, but yeah. but they're not six, seven years old. No, they're they're tweens or teenagers or whatever. But they're like twelve years I mean, old. It's not much different around. than if he was in a wheelchair or something, and you're running up and and, and 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 again, people, you know. So there's a whole movement on the stand with Ryan hashtag is basically a movement against bullying and assholeness to support him to like send him letters to send him, you know, to look, you know. And I don't know how those things work to support it's like hey honey you know a hundred thousand people say they feel bad for you today you know uh, well it's i mean it's usually started by somebody who knows the kid and that that, that that's you know me, social media savvy has, you know wants to make it, it is kind of dubious at some point it's like okay is this more about your crusade against like are you attaching is is this a, is this about your hashtag or his hashtag? Right, because yeah. right, I saw it on like Alyssa Milano's feed and like Chris uh, Chris Pine, um, not Chris Pine, Chris, uh, Evans. Chris Evans and stuff yeah. like, and some other people who are like, and maybe getting DMs from a famous person, and I don't know if they've done that. It helps, but I'm watching the clip and literally, I think hopefully that hopefully he'll be okay because obviously he has people support system, but it's like it really worries me. I mean, the, I think, and again. You know, getting back to throwing brown kids in cages or whatever that might be, closing of the Planned Parenthood because you're not going to miss out on your mammogram. Just the overwhelming lack of empathy has to be – and it's it, – again, when you watch a Forrest Gump and that was taking place in like the 50s or 60s, you're like, oh, well, they were dumb fucks who didn't know any better than – and now you see there it There are dumb fucks now. And it's like, wow. Yeah, but they're always going to be dumb fucks. And I think – I guess the good part of something like this is that it does shine a light on – yeah, this is still going on now. It's it's something that it's a teachable moment for fucking for parents of kids who may have parents of kids who might be just like the people beating up this kid Ryan, you know, and also just parents everywhere. I mean, this is uh, the hashtag is all basically kind of like feel good, make white people or, right. or privileged people kind of feel better about themselves kind of thing. Like I press forward on this. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing something. I'm activating something. And then, okay, great. Oh, I gave money to... What, what, to wait, wait, tell me, what? <laughs> Where's this money going? <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to go off on a thing, but when is you... There, is there a money you, thing involved? No, I, okay. I didn't see anything. Good. I, mean, there's well, nothing. I, I had, you know, sidebar for just a sec. Sure. You know, when my mom like put a uh, support the troop, like, you know... Um, Oh, like a ribbon? Ribbon. Yeah. Magnetic ribbon on the side of her car. I'm like... How much did that ribbon cost? Right. And where did that money go, Mom? She, you know, well, I have to do something. It's like, okay, but how... I'm not saying don't do that. You I'm know just what, saying... You know what some people would call that? Who made money? You know what some people would call that? Virtue signaling. Putting your ribbon on that. It's like, yeah, I stand with the tropes. Well, who fucking doesn't stand with tropes? What are you talking right, right. about? Like, you know, I take care of my kids. You what do you want, a cookie? They, uh, wait, I'm, wait, cookie. Yes, I'm eating a cookie. They, uh, no, but with this, uh, well, I will tell it was a teachable moment because, again, I was with my nine-year-old, and we watched it, and I told him, it's like, this, all kidding aside, this is why you've taken jiu-jitsu since you can walk. This is why you're doing boxing and stuff. You ever see something like that? Be Batman. You know, I no, I'm like, uh-huh. I, and I've told them, it's like, remember the rule. You take out the biggest fucker first. Just just literally as quick and as hard, get it down, then grab the second guy and just, you know, bridge submit, snap it on, do whatever. He's like, 
if it's at school, I could get suspended. I said, if this is, happens at school and they don't fucking bring you up on stage and give you a medal, then I will submit the fucking principal. I don't care how tough she is because literally you ever see something like this, don't videotape it, you know, and so you can send it out to show everybody how awful it is. You take out the biggest fucker first and just as brutally as you can and then make sure that you get the second guy. Just keep keep going. Just don't stop until you're stopped because this is horrible. And maybe that's bad advice. That is bad advice. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, that's bad advice. You know, but let's see if I literally I've, I've been in those situations. Well, you have a... How about de-escalation? Let's 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 train on. There's no de-escalating this. Like like well, I mean, you honestly, can say, how about you know if you take down somebody, right? You can do a takedown. You can you, do right, right, and and you can put somebody into submission, right? But you don't have to break their ribs in the process, possibly. Maybe. Yeah, but don't but don't feel bad if you do. Okay, like you do it with authority. And right. honestly, I'm not. I'm not saying it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. I've been in those situations. Have you seen the end of Taxi Driver? You know, <laughs> I've been in those situations where I've seen that stuff, and it's like, yeah, you, you know. And, and the other thing I've told my boys, you, you know, I'm not raising them to be Jesus, or I'm not raising them to be violent. And it is true. The more competent you are in the martial arts, the tougher that you really are, the less you have to prove it. Um, and so that's why, you know, the rule is, you know, talk it out. And if you can't just walk away, but if you're in a situation where you can't walk away, if it's go time, it's go time. And there are no half measures. Mm -hmm. And sometimes Joe, the only way to deal with a bully is to just punch him in the face. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. Right. No, and and, and like, but, but I'd say like, take out, take out the threat, but don't like start, you know, you know, kung fu fighting everybody in the circle around them who hasn't started. You know what I mean? Right. But but like I said, you know, but that's a rule. Don't become the person that they have to t- then take down. You know, but you you just you just don't stop. Like, you know, it's like you go after the biggest one first and that's, you know, that's really the only way to do it. I don't stop believing. <laughs> that's all so, I don't. So so you know what? Enough awful. It is it is the week of Halloween. Oh. We're not doing our Paul Lynn sideshow. Um it does not mean that we will not be watching the Paul and Halloween special. I actually started watching it on. It's on Amazon Prime now. Oh, is it really? Yep. Is it cleaned up? Does it look good? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was watching. I kind of fell asleep. You know, it's one of those things where I've seen it before. It does get kind of boring. When Kiss was singing Beth? Uh, well before that. Okay. Yeah, right. Actually, yeah, it was late at night. So it was one of those, you know, kind of background noise things that you put on and fall asleep to. The sound of Paul Lynn's voice. <laughs> The soothing dulcet tones, <laughs> but I think I, I think Uh-oh. in our world, uh, Hall- Halloween. You know, it's it's not Vincent Price. It's not the Charlie Brown special. I think for us, Paul Lynn is is he he's he's now our our our, our Halloween Santa, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> he is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh-huh. Uh And to that end, I I asked Joe if we could we. Like I have any part of this, if he could do a self-indulgent theater where maybe he could read a dialogue exchange or two or three mm-hmm. from Charlie Brown's The Great Pumpkin. Um, so, so with that said, but why? I'm just going to read it. Uh, yeah, just did you can you can read both characters, and, and you don't even have to say what character. You know, it starts off with Linus and then goes back. <clears throat> we know, we know. What character is saying which? But you're going to do them all as Paul Lynn. I'm doing them all as Paul Lynn. All as you know, 
okay, do you, do you want to do do you want to do the female characters? It's Witchy Poo. <laughs> <laughs> I forget her name. Yeah, right. I don't know, man. So this is a I have I could do Linus as Paul Lind. Then we have Sally. Um, I don't know who 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 else do I do? Gilbert Gottfried. I don't know. Um, then there's Charlie Brown. There's really three characters, and then Lucy Van Pelt. Yeah. So there's Linus, Lucy. Uh, this is a, it's a little, uh, he, you sent me the script and it's a little uh, convoluted. There's a lot of players in here. Um, just, just figure, do you just have a do it, Just do it! Come on, come on. You got some jokes there, monkey. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm, I will not be your dancing monkey now. So I guess this is me doing stuff about things with Paul Lind and the great pumpkin. Here we go. He'll come here because I have the most sincere pumpkin patch and he respects my sincerity. Do you really think he'll come? <laughs> Tonight the great pumpkin will rise out of the pumpkin patch. He flies through the air and brings toys to all the children of the world. That's a good story. You don't believe the story of the great pumpkin? I thought little girls always believed everything that was told to them. I thought little girls were innocent and trusting. Welcome to the 20th century. Never jump into a pile of leaves with a wet sucker. <laughs> Who are you writing to, Linus? That's Charlie Brown. And that's old Groucho. Old Groucho. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Brown. All right, I have to explain. Not to me. This is the time of year to write to the Great Pumpkin. On Halloween night, the Great Pumpkin rises out of the pumpkin patch and flies through the air with his bag of toys for all the children. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? When you stop believing in that fellow with a red suit and white beard who goes, ho, ho, ho. We're obviously separated by denominational differences. <laughs> there he is. There he is. It's the great pumpkin. He's rising out of the pumpkin patch. Oh, oh, oh. what, what happened? Did a faint? What did he leave us? Did he leave us any toys? Hey, aren't you going to wait and greet the great pumpkin? Huh? It won't be long now. If the great pumpkin comes, I'll still put in a good word for you. Good grief. I said if. I meant when. <laughs> when he comes. I'm doomed. One little slip like that could cause the great pumpkin to pass you by. Oh, great pumpkin, where are you? Gosh, that, that was a waste of time. You're exhausted. You, was, you put in a stupid. lot of energy. That now you dumb. Did, you know. Ooh, I'm sweating. <laughs> Seriously. Oh it's, 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 I'm, you, I'm pitting. You use the whole stage. You really, you really explored the space around you. I should have thrown in a Chris Rock in there or something. <laughs> Hindsight. Um, all right, let's have a defunct sponsor so you can maybe take a little nap. Oh, I do enjoy an evening with a little light entertainment. But when your video heads get dirty, you lose your picture. Not a pretty sight. Happily, this new Polaroid video cassette will help you. It actually cleans your heads as it plays, so dirty heads needn't haunt you. New Polaroid video cassettes. Get the picture? So, on to... 
Let's, let's call it what it is. On to Patriot Talk. I was no. going to say sport. Uh, the drama for a team that tries to ignore the noise and just focus on the tasks that had not the game in two weeks or the game two weeks ago, but just focus laser. The drama is never ending. And this week was uh, was pretty great. Um, you still have Antonio Brown openly asking to come back every single day on Instagram and Twitter, and Tom Brady's still liking most of his posts. You have the Patriots picking up um, the wide receiver Sanu from Atlanta, who after you know starting one and six, I think they realized, yeah, our season's pretty much done. Um, but to get Sanu onto the team, they had to make a roster spot and free up some salary cap. And lo and behold, uh, poor Josh Gordon, who's been out for the last two weeks with a knee injury that thought his knee injury was better and thought he was coming back, was just informed, no, your knee injury isn't better. And in fact, we're putting you on IR, which allegedly he found out he was being put on IR via Twitter. Oh, <laughs> he he literally said he didn't know, and he was set to come back thinking this week, and now no, he's not coming back at all. But if that wasn't enough, uh, Michael Bennett, um, the much questionable pickup in the off season <coughs> because he's crazy expensive and because he's kind of a malcontent with a couple other teams, and again, the arrogance, the institutional arrogance of. Okay, sure, he was a troublemaker in Seattle, and sure, he was a troublemaker in Philadelphia, but once he gets to New England, <clears throat> he's going to be a model citizen and have the best year of his career, and instead of having the best year of his career, his playing time, I don't think anybody, even on the staff, again, they've played nothing but dumpster fires, um, but their defense is on a historical pace for fewest points given up, fewest yards given up, and most turnovers. Um, he, he They haven't had a role for him, and I guess he was unhappy with that, got suspended last week, and got traded for a proverbial bag of footballs. Um, and this, <coughs> being a person with no life who follows the Patriots way too much, you can tell how little Belichick thinks about Michael Bennett's ability to play football at this point. Because he traded him to the Cowboys, who they play in a few weeks. Like, you know, if the 31 other teams out there, okay, he might not trade him in division. Maybe he doesn't want to trade him in the AFC because, you know, might play him in the playoffs or whatever. But traded him to Dallas, who they play in a couple weeks. And that just says a lot about what they think. And I think they got a seventh-round pick for him. Now, granted... Mm. Julian Edelman was a seventh round pick. Uh, who's that other really great seventh round pick that you can think of off think the of top of your head? Right. Zero. So the proverbial bag of footballs. And then if that's not enough, Adam Schefter, who's a legit, legit bona fide um, NFL reporter for 30 years, who knows the Patriots very well. He's based in, in New England, has been, I, I, I don't know why. He, there's enough drama going on, and he is breaking. The, broke the news a few weeks ago that Brady's house is for sale in New England, and that he just brought a house in Greenwich, Connecticut, and that his um, his Scientology partner in crime, Alex Guerrero, has also 
just bought a house in Greenwich, Connecticut. Across the street. Pretty much, you know. And that he is a complete unrestricted free agent at the end of this year who cannot be um, be franchised. So that was part of Brady's contract. He, he wanted a multi-year contract. They wouldn't give it to him because – don't forget, he didn't sign until August. And so his contract is up at the end of the season. He cannot be franchised. Uh, he can walk. He can literally take his, you know, his... His ball and go home. A- anywhere. And this season, it's one of those things where the the Patriots, he feels, and he's been very public about this, it's been very un-Brady-like. Um, he's not happy that they're winning because... He's not the reason they're winning. He, he, Tom Brady wants to win, and and I don't. I didn't think this before. He wants to win thirty eight to thirty one or thirty eight to thirty five with him, you know, putting up Madden game numbers in the face of adversity, in the face of you know, um, basically like his arm versus somebody else's arm, right? Or or his strategy on the field and his playmaking decisions, not his defense scoring more points than his offense. This is this is the most fucked up stat. Again, I'm not bragging that the Patriots have a historical defense. They, I mean, they're they're eight and zero, and the next few games are the hardest. They have four tough games coming up. Up until now, like the teams they played, you know, they've played a couple teams who are one and six, one and five, zero oh and six, zero oh and seven, like that kind of thing. They've only played a couple real games. They played the Bills. Mm-hmm. They've allowed forty eight points all season. All season. So here's the most fucked up stat. Are you ready for this, Joe? I'm sorry. Yeah, four, yeah, 48. If the Patriots offense has never taken the field, I mean the Patriots, Tom Brady, not just Tom Brady, the Stidham backup quarterback, if the offense have never got on the field at all this season, going into week eight, the Patriots would be 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. <laughs> Like literally, the defense has outscored their opponents in three games and one game they put up as many points with with a pick six, you know, and, and a safety than the team the other team put on the board. The Patriots would be three, three, and one if the offense had not played a game going into yesterday's game against the Cleveland Browns. And Brady, I, I don't think I think Brady is different in the playoffs. I he from the mic'd up stuff, you could see how happy he was to win thirteen to three last year. He the the last drive, fourth and one from like the thirty. They asked him if he wanted to go for it. He's like, no, let's kick the field goal up by two scores. We're done. Versus, yeah, I know I can get that. We can pick up that drive. You know, I know we can do it. Not that he didn't have confidence in himself, but he's like, yeah, we got a great kicker. We're right here. Let's let's end the game. Yeah. Um, more than I, I honestly believe he was more than happy with Julian Edelman getting Super Bowl MVP. And so, but in the regular season, he's been bitching. Now, granted, going into the season, they didn't have a murderer's row of wide receivers. They didn't pick up the, you know, a, a tight end, not to replace Gronkowski. You can't, but can you go from a 10 to a seven or an eight? They went from Gronkowski to, they didn't, pick up anybody and except you know Ben Watson who they knew was going to be suspended for the first four games of the season. Okay. And, and and again, Ben Watson retired. Um smoke power, whatever he did, he took, he took, and then they asked him to come out of retirement, knowing that he was going to have this four game, you know, suspension. Anyways, mm-hmm. they didn't replace him. 
Uh, that's a little bit on Gronk because he didn't say he was for sure retiring until after the draft and after the trades. You know, the big names are off the board. The Patriots tried to, they made legit offers to three or four big name um, free agent wide receivers. And one and one of them was like, I'm going here to the 28-year-old so-and-so versus a 42-year-old Brady. I know Brady's great, but I'm not going to sign a three-year contract, you know, um, you know that kind of thing. So they missed out on free agent. But they weren't sure they were going to get Josh Gordon back, but they worked really hard. They paid for his rehab. They kept him in the loop, all that stuff. Yeah, Jules, um, you know, their first-round draft pick was a wide receiver. So they tried, and then when the Antonio Brown thing came, you know, they, they did try to surround him with the best tools. And then for that one game, he went from having the greatest tool chest to Antonio Brown being gone. Two weeks later, Josh Gordon, you know, being injured. Um, to honestly having, you know, Jules and you and I, you know, to, to throw to and winning by 20 points. You know, I mean, it's like, Tom, if you can put 14, 17 points on the board, we're good. You know, just don't turn the ball over, you know, make sure, you know, we're punting from our 40, our 45 versus our 10, and that will help the field position game, you know, and then, the, you know, we're going to play a field position game. We're going to win the turnover battles. Our defense is going to be great. If you can just put 14, 17 points on the board, but he doesn't want to put 14 points on the board. He wants to put 35. He wants to put 42. He sees last week Aaron Rodgers threw for five touchdown passes. He sees, you know, but anyway, so so there's been way much more drama. And then, you know, with Michael Bennett getting suspended, then getting traded, and then Sanu coming in, and then it's like, oh, my God, why don't I just watch Days of Our Life? Sir, this is a Wendy's drive-thru. <laughs> um, you know what? Enough of that. I was uh, The only thing is uh, I was going to mention the World Series. Lowest rated World Series, and I don't even care. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the Astros and the Nationals, and I, it's I, not the always, Expos. It's not I the Expos. always forget. I, I it is, but I always forget that the Astros are now in the American League. I always, always. yep. It will be forever, you know. Ever since the good, the bad news bears, you know, played in, in the Astrodome. Um, so two things. Uh, video game review. Before we get into video games, yes, I know you've been playing something because when I came down here, I see a PS4 controller right that was there. My son. Oh, what was he playing? Um, I don't know. A game for <laughs> PS4. Have you been playing anything this week? Um, not really. No, no. I um. I think of you know taking a week off. I guess of video games. I mean, I guess catching up on seeing the movie The Joker. <laughs> yep, saw that six times. <laughs> no, I, I just watching TV and crying. You? Uh well, as you we talked about last week, we went and took the nuclear option of taking all the games out of the house, and so we are on week two of zero. The house is week two of games free. I'm week three because I was in Saudi Arabia when everything happened. So I am now uh, through weekend week three. And the weekend is big, you know, because that's when the boys can play. But, yeah, the game systems are not in the house at all. Cool. You know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was like, you know, last Saturday when I left here, like, you know, the, the, the oldest son went to, what did he go see? He went to see Zombieland 2. Oh, how was that? I, he went to see Zombieland 2. He uh, said he liked it. it. Okay. You know, um, 
mom thoroughly enjoyed it. Was the book better? Uh, you know, <laughs> you know how. <laughs> so he he was gone out of the house for like five hours, just me and the little guy who fell asleep on the drive home. And I'm like, oh, I could go downstairs and play if it was. Here. But I'm like, yeah, fine. Like it's it well, Resident Evil Five, which. Yes, I have been. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. You know, and and I guess a Resident Evil game has come out this week that I don't think they're going to pull from the shelves by the time I play again after Christmas. But because uh, that's what yeah. we're looking at right now, yeah. so I have no video game review. Uh, but we're not going to do a random video game review because earlier in the podcast you had mentioned the fact that you have the Godfather game. Oh yeah! Can you review that? What what is it? Have you played it? I is think it I played based maybe on the movie. Twenty minutes. I think it takes place. God, it, it does take place. I forget if it's before. Uh, I, I, honestly, I don't know. What system? PS2. So it's an, it's definitely an older game. Yeah, yeah. It came out like in the mid two thousands, and it was like I think it had like actors from the movie. I don't know if Ava Goda was one of them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think you play as a new guy who's coming up in the ranks. So, like, you start off as sort of like a runner, and you know, you go on missions, and then you prove your loyalty to the family, and you you know rise to the ranks, kind of thing. And uh, I, I'm gonna guess it takes place, you know, before somewhere in the in the world of Godfather One. Before spoiler, um, Don Corleone dies. What? Vito Corleone, by the way. Um, let me see. There's not much description on that. Yeah, on the box it says, Welcome to the family. Uh, wield, wield the power of the back... Well, yes, wield the power of the backhand. Command respect and become the dawn of dawns. So, rise to power and experience unforgettable moments from the film. So, I think it takes place in the, the universe of the first movie. Because the screenshot here shows uh, Don Vito Corleone, Mike, you know Marlon Brando's character. Um, in case you were to forget, but uh, this one—I mean, it's cool because it comes with the game. Also, comes with a little map. So of, yeah, uh, so it's obviously a licensed part of. It's kind the, yeah. This is almost like um, it's almost like uh, Grand Theft Auto in a way. You know, do you think Mario Puzo was that? Is that who wrote the book? Yeah, like had anything to do. Into the world of the Godfather. Yeah, like you're, there's like a little map of um, parts of New York City. It has Little Italy and Midtown and Hell's Kitchen and New Jersey, um, Brooklyn. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of Grand Theft Auto ish in that respect. I probably should play a little bit more of this, but um, I guess it was an okay game for when it came out. You know, it was cool. They also had another game like this, which I have for Scarface. They have a Scarface licensed movie game. Um, but yeah, Godfather of the Game. I, I think it's it got well-reviewed, I think. Uh, who made this? EA. All right. I think this is right before they went uh, to the dark side. And you think that the uh, the voices might have been some of the same? I, I think so. Or I mean, as much as they could. Maybe there's probably some smaller characters that they brought back. I mean, the, for Christ's sake, the movie came. Uh, the movie came out like what thirty something years before uh, this. I game. don't think the guy who played Fredo voiced for no. his character. Well, he's smart. <laughs> it's not like everybody. Else. Oh, you know, God, uh, Chris Cuomo. Uh, he did the voice for him <laughs> for Fredo. Nice. Chris Cuomo. 
Nice. Anyway, yeah, whatever. It's rated M for mature, Jacques. So I think your kids can play this. <laughs> you know, if they if they went to see Double Tap, I pulled another game. If you want to do a random review, what, oh, did you pull a game on the show? I, I did. I can't see it. It's no, a, you can't. It's, it's a, a it's an a, R game. It, it, it's a B game. A B game. Oh, you won't, uh, you won't be able to see because uh, baseball stars. Uh, no, we, battle we chess. Way, look at that. It is because you're holding chess. it like this. Oh, I hate everything about you. <laughs> this is my impression of me hating you. <laughs> Pretty good. Battle Chess was, a, I think, a computer game originally, and they ported it to the Nintendo in the 80s. And it was, I think they did Star Wars Battle Chess in the early 90s. I didn't see it up there, Joe. No, it's for the computer. Oh. But, or maybe it's for like one of the earlier disc systems, like the PlayStation, I forget. But Battle Chess is, yeah, you're, you're playing chess, but you're battling. And it's, it's I, give it, I give it four stars. No, but it's one of those things where... If I remember correctly, like the animations are graphic, where you're, you know, if you're, if you kill the knight, your your character is literally like if you're, um, say, like the bishop, your your literal bishop character is walking across the board to the literal knight and like stabbing him with his spear or something <laughs> like that, and you're killing him, that sort of thing. Like there's like there's some pretty funny animations, and like Star Wars Battle Chess had. That same thing, but with Star Wars characters. So I gotta dig out a video of that and send it to you, so you can take a look at that. Please do. But yeah, I think this was this was popular, uh, especially for the PC at the time. You know, I'm sure it was a good chess simulator. I'm not a big chess guy. Do you play chess at all? I can. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I'm good enough to know those two or three like crazy moves that unless you like rooking and yes yeah. that you've castling and stuff oh, like that yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that you know, you know that, that you see um not 100 percent sure when you can use it and why uh yep. but if i if i was to play a seven-year-old who's never played i'd be i think i could hold my own so um according to ultimate nintendo the book written by pat country that reviewed every nintendo game he gave it two and a half stars <clears throat> it's uh he says as I'm reading from the book. <clears throat> this is the traditional chess board game with kings, queens, rooks, bishops, knights, and pawns with the goal to, quote, checkmate the opponent's king, trapping him so he cannot escape without being attacked by an opponent's piece, which, you know, is checkmate. This version has an action twist. The pieces on the board are all drawn and animated characters who move and battle each other in a predetermined cutscene when a piece is taken. So two and a half stars, I guess maybe not so... Hot of, of I mean, there's all there's plenty of other games that were chess based for the Nintendo, like the chess, like Chess Master, maybe would maybe a better game. Uh, I don't think there's Mario Chess, although I do have a Mario Chess board in my closet because, of course, I do. <laughs> um, so there you go. We get two video game reviews, quote unquote, for the price of nothing. And let's see, let's take. Oh, you're gonna look up the price. A yeah. battle chess on oh. eBay for the Nintendo Entertainment System cart only. I think I found a good one. Hmm. What are you thinking? Six dollars. Two dollars and <laughs> sixty cents. You know what? I should have taken the two and a half stars uh, closer to heart. And uh, all right, all right. So move, moving on. Uh, what have you watched, or what are you going to watch? You actually gave a little review to me earlier. I just watched. It just dropped on Friday on Netflix, the new Eddie Murphy movie um, called Dolomite Is My Name. It's the uh, biopic of Rudy Ray Moore, the real-life comic turned... I, I didn't know that he was also... So Rudy Ray Moore was like a, 
a legendary comic. He put out those party albums in the vein of Red Fox and all that stuff. Like he he self published a lot of this stuff because his stuff was even dirtier and went further than Red Fox's. Like Red Fox's was more double entendre, and he would say like they got into the minutia in the movie. Like they talk about like like some record record publisher saying you know Red Fox can say cocksucker, but you can't say he's sucking cock. Like this, you know, like, but Rudy Ray Moore said that, like he would get graphic and he became popular on the Chitlin circuit and uh, self-published a bunch of albums. Oh, he self-published one album, got a distribution. I'm getting into the weeds with this, but then he went on to produce a movie, self-made essentially called Dolomite. And that started like a little franchise, late seventies, black exploitation series, where it's just him and his friends, literally with some college kids put together a movie that's in the vein of Shaft and they, they show the, the filmmaking process. This is a very much, this movie is very much so a, a showbiz movie, you know, like an Ed Wood. And it's actually coincidentally written by the same guys who wrote Ed Wood, oh. Scott and Larry. Ed Wood's a great movie. Yeah, and this is a great movie. I like it. A, I liked it a lot. I, probably, I might watch it again. because it's And Eddie Murphy is great in this movie. It's just like, he's... True to form, like he's t- t- perfect. Like he he plays the role great. His supporting cast is great. You have Craig Robinson and Mike Epps and Snoop Dogg makes an appearance. Chris Rock makes makes an appearance. Uh, there's some lesser known actors that are just good, really good. Uh, the tone is great. I laughed out loud a bunch of times. The N words are flying. I think uh, Quentin Tarantino's suing for copyright <laughs> infringement because of the. Hey, that's my thing using the N word. Right. So, I think he had right. Does he have like a trademark on that word until the year 2022 or something? But this is it. It, it's a, it takes place obviously in the mid to late 70s. It's and it and it's really submersive. Like it really does get you. Really do feel like you're in that time frame with this movie and it's um it's funny it's a it's a really funny movie because in the dolomite movie itself was a comedy action kung fu you know ridiculous over the top type of movie and um it's um it's a good time i would recommend watching it uh i also watched between two ferns the movie that was fine you know it was it it, 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 it's as you expect it would be right right it's a longer episode of that, and it's like in character and the history of it and all that. Yeah, and stuff. Will Ferrell's like, you know, he's like the a main part in the role in the movie. But uh, but Dolomite is my name. It was great to see Eddie Murphy in a movie that doesn't fucking suck. I mean, he's done some. You know, he was in Dreamgirls years ago, um, and he he was recently in the Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. So he's now he's in the Netflix world, and it's funny to see how many. <clears throat> yeah, like, well, I, I'm actually confusing. I was going to say something else, but. Um, it's it. Hopefully, the the reception of this movie will be strong enough where it will encourage Eddie Murphy to do more projects like this and maybe maybe do a stand up special. Oh, I mean that got. That, I mean, well, it might not be, but it would be. I, 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 w- I just want to see love it. one more special. I just want to see it. Yeah, just just to, if it's bad, if it's good, or or whatever, just to see it one more time. And, and but hopefully he does m- another movie like this. Um, and it's it, yeah, it's a it's a good time. It it feels like it could have been released in the theaters like that. It's that good. No, well, their level of movies have been like that for a while. I mean, it, one of the movies won an Oscar like last year, right? You know, so so they got all that. I the only I, the only thing I've watched this week really 
Once Upon a Deadpool. It is the PG version of Deadpool 2. And I, I, I forget what Deadpool 2 was even called. Deadpool 2. Was that just what it was? Yep. Um, and so a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, forever, like you've seen the publicity in the trailer, is he's, it's, uh, it's the start of Princess Bride. It's a la, uh, P- is it Peter Falk reading a book to a 10-year-old, 12-year-old Fred Savage? Uh, and they flashed for so that's how the the promo you 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 always saw that and it's great because where Deadpool was playing the Peter Falk Deadpool's like reading you know to Fred Savage the real Fred Savage. the real Fred Savage who's in the same outfit and the same except he's, except he's forty one yeah and it's great and he's like you know I forget how how it starts but you know Savage makes some you know crack about. You know, uh, Deadpool not being in the MCU. And he's like, we're Marvel. Yeah, you're Marvel licensed through Fox. It's like saying, it's like if the if the Beatles were produced by Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, it's music, but it sucks. <laughs> uh, you know, and... Oh, Nickelback, will you never stop getting ragged on for your shitty music? And you know how um, there's... Uh, there's it's become a, a thing how they always now show a scene in a trailer that's not in the movie. Yeah. There's an extended version of that where um, Ryan Reynolds slash Deadpool goes on a rant. It's like, no, Nickelback is great. They've sold X amount of numbers, you know, things. They have X amount of Grammys. They have four Juno Awards. Those count. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, but so I always thought that that was just a promo thing. This is throughout the whole movie. Uh-huh. It toggles back and forth. Right, because they had to cut some stuff to make it PG-13, but to, in order to fill up the time, they they put in these little interstitials between him and Fred Savage. You know, and so I haven't seen this since I saw Deadpool 2 in theaters. Mm-hmm. How did like, it hold up? It's, it's great. You know, because uh, I've seen other, you know, it's really funny. Um, I saw a clip, one of those hidden Easter egg you know things on YouTube after Deadpool. How you know? Remember Deadpool? How he has a friend who's blind, the black woman who's blind. In the comics, I didn't realize this. He held her captive for like a year or so, like make made her work for him. Oh God! And he would always joke that it's like, you know, that he had the cure for blindness. You know, he's just <laughs> right. not going to give it oh, to right, her. Right, right. So in this in this movie, like he has to go to her apartment. Um, he has like a hidden safe in the floor there, and with piles of cocaine, and and he, because he's depressed, and he like you know opens it up, and he goes, and it's like labeled sugar, and he goes takes out a bag of cocaine, and you see underneath there, like an item that's labeled cure for blindness. <laughs> so it was it was fun, it was great. The boys forever have been asking if they could watch it, you know, because every time we're getting something on Apple TV, it always comes, you know, you can yeah. always see it. And I'm like, fine, you know, we'll get it. We watched it, and it it was fine. It was absolutely fine. It kind of blows their mind that the big character that Deadpool is is fighting slash partnering up with, Cable, um, is uh, Josh Brolin, is Josh Brolin, who at one point in the movie, Ryan Reynolds calls him Thanos. (laughs) It's great because they they. Like Fred Savage, when they would cut back to him, was shitting on the movie and the lazy writing and all this stuff. And at one point, um, you know, Deadpool 
breaking the fourth wall. It's like, well, that's really lazy. It cuts back to Fred Sarris goes, see, you just threw it out there to make up for it so you could say, well, we know it's lazy writing. We made a joke about being lazy writing. So all the lazy writing before was really intentional. And and he's really blasting up. But then he goes, wait, cable's in it? And then Fred Sarris kind of like really sits up and he goes, and, and Deadpool's like, oh, you know who Cable is? And he gives him the entire backstory of the character Cable from the Marvel you know, comic world and stuff like that. He goes, well, I hope you did his backstory and his character real justice. You didn't just throw him into the mix all of a sudden without building up what a quintessential person he is, not just in the Marvel world, but in the X-Men world. <laughs> And Deadpool's like, moving on. Right. <laughs> just, so it was great. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. I great. really do. It was it was it was great. But now hmm. that we got all the stuff on the world, uh, we can go back to talking about the pets or parenting tips. Pets or parenting tips. What would you like to go with? I'm looking at you thinking parenting tips. Um yeah, I'm actually thinking of Biff right now. And I'm thinking <laughs> Biff, if you yell at the your device right now what you want Jacques to talk about. <laughs> All right, big boobs. He wants to talk All right. about <laughs> No. Parenting tip. You got one before I go on? Huh? Because I don't have a parenting tip this week. This comes from our third co-host, All-Star Tommy. Oh, my goodness. Who sent me another. He's like, you're going to love this. This is like when they would write in a mystery science theater. It, it is. They put this up on Still Store, Cambot. Talk about lazy writing, like <laughs> letting All-Star Tommy do all the legwork. But Please. it's great. So caught up, you know, one of the one of the people caught up in this, you know, um, cheating your way into school, the side door entrance, as they were calling it, for these, you know, these entitled kids to get into the better school. By the way, Felicity Huffman just finished serving her her 11 day of 14 day sentence. Yeah, it's, it's so great. I mean, well, you know, I, I she's come out like you know stronger. Yeah, better person. Better. Yeah, yeah, I did, think. Did she serve time? <laughs> Or did she make time serve her? Did she get a law degree while she was in there? <laughs> she, you know, really soul searching, reflective. Um, but, but anyways, but what, what you know, you know, one of the people you know caught up in this is the actress um, Jan Buckingham. Jane Buckingham yeah, or Jan? I th- is it? I thought it was Euro Jane. I thought it was. I thought it was okay. So it's Jane. I'm stupid. I don't know. We all know that. So she wrote a parenting book. You know, about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if in our parenting book she had a chapter in there about spending $15,000 to have somebody else take your kid's SAT scores for them and then end up, you know, being caught up in this huge thing and and getting some jail time. So my parenting tip would be go out and buy her book and just before you read it, just burn the fucking thing because not that I'm into book burning, generally speaking. Fucking Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity over there? But but, but I'm thinking... Let's uh, let's own the libs by (laughs) buying their product and then not using it. I was doing it for comedic value. I know. Thank you for for being one of the characters from X-Force who spits acid in the whole <laughs> that pool thing. Anyways, no, but it's like, it's just great. This woman 10 years ago is, is writing a book, and that's what I love about our parenting so tips. So she wrote a book on... On, uh, on parenting tips. On parenting tips. Y- you know, or, or, or how, to, you know, how to be a parent, and, you know, she, she had her daughter, and she knew everything about everything so much that she had to 
you know, uh, advise the rest of us, yep. you know, on it. And she went to three, she went, uh, she went to prison for three weeks, uh, paying a proctor to take a test for her son. Right. Okay. So, so was that one of the parenting tips that, you know, have somebody take your test for your dumbass kid that you failed raising right and they couldn't pass the SAT? My kids won't pass the SAT. So, hey, did you take the SATs? I did. I, yeah, I got an 1100, I think. Or 10, 10, 10 or something. It was kind of mediocre score. Never took them. Yeah. You don't need to. You, you got a full ride. Well, we, <laughs> full rise to Division Three, but That's I got fine. the... Yeah, you can come play here. <laughs> you know, don't, SATs, don't worry about it. What's the simplest classes we can get you in? Filmmaking, all good. <laughs> you know, you don't even have to buy books, which I did it. Hey, you know? at least you finished college. Uh, a lot of people go to school for six years, Joe. <laughs> I, not me. They're called doctors. Yeah, not <laughs> you know. I went to school for did, Joe. I went to uh, went to Fitchburg State College. The question is, do I really go to college? <laughs> you know, it's not Trump University. When, you got when, that under your when your uh, when your when your school's biggest sales pitches try or thick creamy shakes. You might not be at one of the higher institutional learning facilities in the greater Central Mass area. Um, yeah, but it was awesome. So, anyways, that's my parenting tip. Is uh. Go buy Jane Ham's book and, uh, I don't know, don't burn it, but maybe, you know, use it to bludgeon a homeless drifter or something like that. You probably find them outside of Fitchburg State College. <laughs> uh, are they FSU now? Is it Fitchburg yeah, State no, University? It is, no, it's, 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 it's changed a couple times. It's university, though, isn't it? I don't know if it's a UMass at Fitchburg. Oh, right. It might be like mm. that because it's in the Bridgewater State thing, the Stoneham. Well, uh, we didn't uh, Jonathan Stone from ACMI go there? Remember? The, oh, yeah, yeah. We can ask him. Yeah. And, and like two or three years before I went there, or maybe 10 years before I went there, it was Fitchburg Teachers College. I like how it's like, we can ask them. We can ask him or Google, Google right? yeah. <laughs> Go to their website. You know, I um, <laughs> the, I have no desire to ever go back there. The only thing is, uh, and I, I think we've talked about this before, a as a joke one day he was passed out. Um, that's not the joke. That was uh, a day that ended in Y. Um, there was a porch, you know, on the side of the triple-decker that we squatted in for four years. And Roddy had written, like, like it, it wasn't a plaque, but he made it look like a plaque and said, Dan Cray Memorial Porch. About three or four years ago, somebody took a picture. Like, the house has been sold years later and renovated. That's still there. Wow. And we don't know if somebody thinks that somebody might have really died there and it'd be disrespectful. Well, I, but, you know what? You put memorial on something, and God, still, God will get you for I mean, trying that's to tear 93, it down. Ninety-three, and as of a few years ago, the Dan Gray Memorial Porch at One Pearl Street in Pittsburgh still remained uh, intact. Either that, or they're a real big fan of the jazz guy. You know, you, you know what? He is fantastic. I've been was, listening for years. Oh, <laughs> was <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, I'm done. Great. Me too. So happy Halloween. You filthy animals. Keep the change. <laughs> uh, that's enough out of us. Um, go, uh, go do something. Go live your life. That's what I say. Don't stop listening to this. And and you know what? Quit Facebook. That's no, that, that that's going to be my goal at the end of the year is to quit Facebook. Although if I quit Facebook, then Carnival personnel won't have a presence in any social media whatsoever because I certainly don't have a presence on Twitter because I don't tweet. 
from the Carnival Personnel account, which is at Carnival Podcast, if you're curious. Same for Facebook. But Facebook's a bad place. We didn't even talk about that today. But, you know, we'll we'll talk about it next week because um, uh, this, is a, this is a hell that I'm trapped in that uh, never ends. And uh, nobody's sending help. This is my own little Gilligan's Island. I'm here with my little buddy, or am I the little buddy? I think I'm the little. I'm the bottom in this. I'm the bottom in this relationship. Um, what? I'm the little bottom. Yeah. And there's there's not a Tina Louise in sight. Oh man, we are screwed. Anyways, Jacques, friends, don't forget. She was standing by the stairs last night, tangled in her hair. Someone else's tears trapped in her eyes When I asked her how she was She gave the quilt she wore shrunk And stared out a cracked window at the sky So I said it sounds a little strange There's a big blue sky Today I feel She said most of us are just songbirds on display And with healthy wings you feel more of the cage The place was still a mess and so I poured us what was left I brought it out and placed it in her hand Shuddered as she sipped And then she wiped a stiffened lip And said, thank you, love I knew you'd understand Sarah said, it sounds a little strange There's a big blue sky Today I feel its weight She said, most of us are just songbirds on display I'm with healthy wings feel more of the cage with healthy wings feel more of the cage